Welcome to the Cornerstone Truth New Creation Podcast. Each week we'll explore fundamental truths about the genuine love of Christ being manifest through His people, the Church. During these studies, we will discover that the sincere love of Christ flows from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. This is the goal of our instruction, and we are so thankful you're listening today. Good morning, everybody. Wow, it's going to be a great week. I don't know if you've heard the weather report. Uh, I'm surprised that the weatherman has been consistently correct recently, so I'm very excited about some sunny weather. How about you? Yeah, me too. I'm really excited about it. So, um, Brad, if you're watching, I am actually turning on the recorder right now. I know you're shocked. Yep, there it is. The red light is on. So, Brad, we're ready to go. All right, good morning, everybody. It's great to be here this morning, and uh, I just love uh, being a part of this great body. And uh, we got some great stuff coming up. We have Oregon family coming up very, very quickly. And uh, yes, Mrs. Parks, you have an announcement right out, out of the chute. Oh, okay. And be thinking about, because I was going to bring the sign up today, then be thinking about whether or not you can host people and how many. Great. And that sign up will come around. Excellent. Thank you for that reminder. So uh, because we're doing Oregon Family Camp, as we have done in years past, and the reason we're doing that is we're looking, beginning to look outside for a larger venue, but uh, that's not going to work this year because venues are not open. And so... Uh, we'll be back here this year. We are going to be working on cleaning up and opening up downstairs so that we can have two levels. Um, ben has so graciously said that he's going to work with a couple other techies, not me, and uh, we're going to get some uh, big screens down there so that people can be downstairs enjoying what's going on upstairs. And uh, if we get too noisy, just bang on the floor and we'll try to be a little bit quieter. That's how that kind of works. But uh, so we're excited about having a lot of preachers. We got Steve Doty coming out from Michigan. Uh, we got Mike Ferguson coming out from North Dakota. Uh, we got some folks coming from Montana. And uh, so we got some folks coming up out of, of Portland. And uh, we got a great preacher out of Dallas. Uh, he's going to be flying here in his Ford F-100, I mean Dallas, Oregon. And so uh, pretty excited about that. So we have some good preachers coming on. And it's really important in light of the, the new, new interesting dynamic that we're experiencing in the United States. And so excited about the preachers who are going to be here. So sign-ups next week. Check your email. If you're online and you haven't gotten an email, please send me. Uh, or Melissa Parks, an email asking for uh, the registration form and information sheet. That would be great. If you do have extra room in your house and you are able to take some folks in, that would be fantastic because, like I said, there's going to be folks coming from out of town. All right. Uh, other announcements. Uh, for the college age group, there is million-dollar spaghetti being served at the Compton's house tomorrow night. So... Uh, for those of you who might show up on occasion, I know that will get you out. Uh, <clears throat> there are no calories in the million-dollar spaghetti, as the lying preacher said with a smile. Uh, but anyway, it's great stuff. Hope you can make it. Wednesday night, a family dinner, family church dinner over at Tamara's place. And so let's, uh, and Tamara's got a big place, and so uh, we'll, we'll hopefully meet you there at 6 o'clock uh, for dinner and then 7 o'clock for lesson. Uh, Thursday night, uh, ladies' study at the Parks Place, 
And uh, tonight, uh, assembly here at the building, tonight at uh, 6 o'clock. Any other announcements that I might have missed? Any other announcements? We need to sing uh, Melinda McKinney, Happy Birthday. And I know you're saying, well, Melinda's not here. Well, she is online. And so uh, uh, I would show all the smiling faces that are all masked up. Uh, well, not really. But anyway, uh, let's sing Happy Birthday really loud for Melinda. And Melinda will get a kick at this. I can just see you now smiling. Here we go. Are you ready? Are you listening? Turn up your volume, Melinda. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. All right, there you go. And it says, uh, Mo McKinney is online. <laughs> Brad says, thank you. You don't say thank you, Melinda. All right. Here we go. Words of encouragement. Uh, you know what I have found in my study of perseverance is that the saints really need to be committed to encouraging one another. Now, I have to be honest with you. I did not know when we started, you know, four years ago, the power of positive and encouraging one another, that we were going to end up with this year's theme, the power of perseverance. But here we are. So I'm so thankful someone said, Hoo-hoo! Tony is in the house. I'm so glad you came today, and we loved having you at the ladies' study, too. Looking forward to getting to know you better. Woo-hoo! Let's rock it for Tony. All right. Woo-hoo! Right back there. It's great. Evan. Evan. I want Evan to come up here and get this one. Evan. Come on. I'm so glad you're in our Bible class. You do a great job, and you're fun to have around. Woo-hoo! All right. Let's go to for Evan. Hey, and guess what? Evan came out when I was ringing the bell out there. He comes out and goes, can I ring the bell? I just got done. I said, can I teach you afterwards? Because some of you know that bell gets hooked up up there. And it's like, oh, it's like, it's good. So Evan is going to learn how to ring that bell. So Evan will be our new bell ringer next week. And he said he's got some little friends that are going to help him. That ought to be fun. All right. All right. Mr. Parks. I really appreciate when you preach or teach because your message is prepared with much scripture and great application. Amen to that one. Let's get it for Mr. Park. All right. Good job. Somebody's shouting out for you. There you go. Uh, the young Mr. Winningham. All right. Athena, I am so thankful you come to Bible class now. You don't, you, you, you don't a great job. You do a great job. And I wish I could read my writing uh, or somebody else's writing. You, you do a great job paying attention and giving unique answers. Love, Melissa Parks, a.k.a. your Bible class teacher. Athena, good job. Royce, thanks for coming to Bible class. You do such a great job. Let's go to Royce. There it is. <laughs> Hey, man. Okay, Jeff Drillinger. Uh, maybe we should do Jeffy because we're doing the kids. Jeffy! Jeff, no, I'm sorry. Jeff, so thankful for your heart and your faith. You're, you, you, my friend, have an honest and good heart, and your faith is steadfast. Thank you uh, for your continual encouragement. Let's give it up for Mr. Jeff. Woo-hoo. All 
right. Hey, Tony's rocking the house again. So thankful you are here. What a sweet blessing you are with a big heart. Man, look at that. There you go. All right, let's give it up to Tony. Yeah, it's Tony, it's great. It's great to have you. It's awesome. So appreciate you loving all my family. Uh, Lawson. Oh, you thought we were going to leave you out, didn't you? Uh, Mrs. Parks wouldn't do that. Thanks for being a fun leader in Bible class. Whoa. You're always making me smile. Wow, you must have a little cool technique there. Give it up for Lawson. Woohoo! Nice job. Nice job, nice job. Okay. You know, encouragement is such an important thing. You know, it's pretty easy to get discouraged, all the craziness going on. And so uh, let's remember to be encouraging this week. Uh, for those around us. And you know, especially people who are not yet Christians. I mean, the world is so crazy and scary right now. And if you don't have the hope of heaven, I don't even know how you could do it, honestly. And so uh, let's be encouraging. And let's be the light in this dark and perverse generation. That's what the scripture teaches, amen? So let's let's make a, com uh, a commitment to do that. All right, I think I have everything done. We've already sang to Melinda. It looks like everything good. Okay, anything else for the good of the order so we can begin preaching? We only got one Bible passage today. You know I can do it with one Bible verse, right? <laughs> Mrs. Steiner, you got a big grin on your face. Okay, let's turn to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 10 this morning. And we are going to begin in verse 32. And we're going to read down through the close of the chapter. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning in verse 32. The writer of Hebrews, no one really knows who the writer is. Some say Paul, some say Apollos, uh, some say Luke, um, and some others. No one really knows. Uh, it's written to, to Jewish Christians, to, to Christians who came out of Judaism, uh, but we don't really know where the letter was intended except for just the, the Jewish uh, population who had converted to Christ. So listen to what the writer has to say to them. But remember the former days when after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of sufferings, partly by being a, a made a public spectacle through reproaches and tribulations, and partly by becoming sharers or having fellowship with those who are so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and a lasting one. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward, for you have need of endurance, so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. Yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay, but my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. But we are not of those who shrink back to destruction, but of those who have faith to the persevering of the soul. Let's pray. Our holy God in heaven, we ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ, that you would help us to to learn that we do have great need of endurance. Uh, Father, I would ask that uh, if we think we stand strong, we need to be careful 
uh, lest we fall. Father, I pray that you would help us each one to examine ourselves and to see if we are prepared as these people, although they had gone through great challenges and had made it through so far, still needed to be encouraged to continue to persevere. And I pray, Father, as Christians, as Christians in the United States of America, that, Father, we've not experienced such persecution and suffering. But I pray, Father, that we would become mentally prepared if that were to be in our future. No one knows the future but you, Lord. But I do pray that we would be mindful that this was a common theme uh, throughout the New Testament scriptures, that people needed to be willing to rejoice in their suffering for doing what was right. And help us, dear Heavenly Father, to be those who choose what is right, but also to endure faithfully uh, serving you uh, even when things might seemingly go wrong and uh, it doesn't go the way we thought it would go in our future. Father, help us to be prepared for this, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. You know, the theme this year is the power of perseverance. And perseverance is a critical need that the church has. And this morning, the title of the lesson, as you can see it there, you have need of endurance. That word endurance is actually perseverance. And so we have need to be perseverant. And so what are we to be perseverant about? What are we supposed to be perseverant in? This is an amazing passage of scripture that speaks to a group of people that have gone through some horrendous suffering up to this point in time. And the, uh, the writer sees that they still need to be encouraged, that they might pull up short from the goal. For those of you who are competitors who've run before, there is a competitive nature in this in regards to uh, the great uh, fight, the great struggle. That struggle is actually an endurance like someone in competition. I've never run long, uh, uh, long runs like a, a, a half a marathon or a full marathon, but I know that you have to the mindset to run through the finish line, not run to the finish line. And so it's important that the author here is trying to help them to run through the finish line into glory. Regardless of how hard it's been up to that point in time, to continue to run through the finish line. And the finish line is when we actually get to heaven and we're embraced by our Christ, our King, and our Savior. When he says, well done, enter into your rest. We really do need to have that mindset. I was once told that Christians are too heavenly minded to be any earthly good. I used to think, yeah, that kind of sounds about right. That is so of the devil. We need to be focused on that which has been prepared for us. Paul said this one thing, I forget what lies behind and I strive for what lies ahead for the goal of the upward call in Christ Jesus. We need to be as the Apostle Paul, living his life fully in service to the king so that he might achieve, receive the great reward of heaven. Brethren, being a Christian in the United States has been really easy. I don't know what the future holds, but I know that there are brethren in the world right now and we may experience it 
real, genuine suffering and persecution. Let's get mentally ready, regardless, to power through and live only for Christ Jesus and not for this world. Let's begin this morning then in looking at point number one. Remember the former days. It's hard for us to remember the former days because we don't have former days like they had former days. But let's take a look at this passage, verse 32 through 34. Let's read it again and then, then begin to look at what he's really saying to them. Going back to verse 32, listen once again. If you're a Jewish person coming out of Judaism, becoming a Christian, and then, of course, having the whole world seem to be against you, both the Jewish religion and the Roman government and false religions. But remember the former days when after being enlightened, you endured a great conflict of sufferings, uh, partly being made a public spectacle through uh, reproaches and tribulations, and partly by becoming shares with those who are so treated. For you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing that you have for yourselves a better possession and a lasting one. You know, in the book of Hebrews chapter 6, it talks about being enlightened, brought to a right understanding of what it means to be a Christian. So he's talking to people who have actually become Christians and who have come out of the Jewish religion and have embraced the grace of Jesus Christ and the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so he says, after being enlightened, after becoming Christians, coming out of Judaism, recognizing that Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. And then he says the next statement, it's very interesting. Right after they become Christians, it's almost like they immediately get hammered with this conflict of, of suffering. Notice what he says there in uh, this first verse, verse 32. He says here in this passage, he says, you endured a great conflict of sufferings. The conflict is that is that endurance race. I mean, you got right out of the chute and you started to hit challenges. Well, I have to tell you what one of those challenges probably was. I know this for a fact. When I was in college, my senior year, I was a resident assistant at one of the, uh, the, the quiet study residence halls at Oregon State. Believe it or not, there is a college that has a residence hall that it was mandated quiet and you were not mandated to study, but there were no party in that hall. Everybody went to the freshman halls to do that. But I remember working with a young lady and sharing with her about Jesus Christ and she was of Jewish faith. And we were talking in her room and we were reading the scriptures through Hebrews and she started to cry. And she goes, I, I only wish it were true that Jesus was the Savior. That's not what I have been taught, but I see it here in the scriptures. The Old Testament is quoted over and over and over again. She says, but I can't do it but you see that Jesus is the Christ. She says, if I do that, I'll be dead to my family. Now, I was pretty young back then, and I was going, what are you talking about, dead to your family? She says that I will no longer be a part of that family. They will, if I come into the room, they won't talk to me. I will be as if I don't exist. And I have a lot of family ties and roots. Our family has got rich traditions. And 
She saw the truth that Jesus was the Christ having come into the world and yet she said, I can't do that. It breaks my heart. But there are others who have a similar idea or concept of that. You know, we were talking and Eric said, family might keep us from staying strong and staying the course in our, in our faith, as we were talking about this morning. And that is very true. Family can do that. As I was sharing this morning, that I've worked with people where their parents weren't in Christ and they said, I, I can't follow through because that would mean that my mom and dad would not get to heaven. Or if one of their parents passed away outside of the faith, I can't do that because then I won't be with them. That's heartbreaking. That's gut-wrenching. But that's kind of what was going on at that time. So right out of the chute, they were being persecuted. And of course, they're being persecuted by the religion of the day, the Jewish religion, but we also know that as Christians that Rome was persecuting the Christians as well. As we read on, it says, they persevered under great emotional and physical pain and suffering. The emotional pain of being rejected by family, the emotional pain of losing your, your place in that culture as a Jewish person, but also physical sufferings as well. We know that relatively early on in the church, that Rome began to attack them because they said no king but King Jesus. Well, Caesar would have none of that because Caesar means God-man. And so they were emotional pain and suffering and rejection and physical pain. This is really, really intense, but they made it through. Remember those days when you worked through that? It was like the long run, the marathon of faith. We need to have that mindset. They were made a public spectacle. Literally, they were made a public spectacle by the Jewish faith because they thought that the sect called the way was a bunch of lunatics, a bunch of crazy heretics being led astray to, in false doctrine to follow after the devil sad thing was is that the word spectacle means as promoted on a stage the spectacle so it was public they were not allowed their lives as christians to grow in faith without being public, publicly drug out in public by family by friends by the religion by the the culture as being different it says here public spectacle, literally meaning the word targeted for taunting and disgrace. I remember uh, a former president making and chiding a joke about those Christians who were clinging to their Bibles and their guns. Now, what he said wasn't as powerful as how he said it. It was like a taunt to encourage others to target and look at Christians who clung to the Bible as their standard of life. A public figure. You're saying, well, that never happened. And, but have you seen that the culture has been divided? Polarized? People are, are designed to hate anymore. Does your Bible say overcome evil with good? 
Is that what your Bible says? That's what my Bible says. My Bible says that hate is not a part of the Christian life. We're supposed to love our enemies and pray for them. But notice what we see here. We see a very intense culture. We never experienced that. So it's hard for us to remember the former days. Well, all I remember is church picnics and uh, family potlucks and uh, hanging out with the gang at, uh, well, for me, it's Starbucks or Full City or uh, you know one of the other places. So this doesn't work for me. But why is it in the scriptures and why was it allowed to come to this century, to this place, to this time? Because there are brethren in this world right now that are suffering just like this. And who knows, we might experience that as well. If you notice that little sentence right under the top of point number one, what does it say? It says there, out of Timothy, everyone who desires to live godly in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. I want to let you know, brethren, that if you look into the New Testament, the prosperity doctrine or gospel is not there. It's not there. But the gospel of endurance, the gospel of good news, that if you run the course, that you will receive the prize is there. Notice it says here that they were joyful when there was a forced seizure of their property and possessions. I looked up that that word property or possessions. It means property and possessions. So, and it says forced seizure in the Greek. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm an American. And I worked hard for what I got. No one's going to take it away from me. Well, be careful. <laughs> be careful. I don't know if those folks back then felt that way, but, you know, it's almost human nature, isn't it? And so it's important for us to recognize why were they joyful as their stuff was being crated away? They visited people in prison and maybe their stuff was crated away when they visited people in prison. I don't know. People were put in prison because of their faith, not because they did something wrong or were accused of something that they did wrong. They were thrown in prison because of their faith, because they were preaching. And then they have their stuff taken from them. I have not experienced that, neither of you. So we're gonna have to just go back and go, okay, Lord, show me what it was like so I can kind of get my mind wrapped around this. You're saying, let's move on from point number one quickly. <laughs> But I want to finish point number one by looking at the last statement there. It says in verse uh, 34, for you showed sympathy to the prisoners and accepted joyfully the seizure of your property, knowing it's okay if you take my stuff on this side of eternity, knowing that we have an absolute, so amazing possession in heaven that the scripture can't even describe it. Ear is not heard. I has not seen the amazing things that God has for those who love him. That's what it says in the scriptures. But it does describe the lake of fire pretty well. I surely don't want to go there. And all the stuff I got in the world 
can't even match eternity, just spending eternity with my Christ. No more tears, no more sorrow, no more heartache, only love, only light, only joy. Brethren, turning to point number two, do not throw away your confidence. They've gone through so much. And he says, don't throw your confidence away. Don't pull up short. So point number two is really important. Looking there at verse 35, therefore do not throw away your confidence, which has great reward. Verse 36, for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. Well, notice I give you another verse there looking very specifically at verse 36 and 39. But the word therefore is an important word. I've shared this before, but I'll continue to share it. Whenever you're reading the Bible and you hear the word therefore, you should stop, slam on the brakes. It's almost like you're going down Beltline as fast as I do, and all of a sudden you see a gigantic piece of junk in the middle of the road. How many have ever done seen that before on Beltline? Am I the only one? Okay, a couple of you. Everybody's swerving. That's a good way to die too. Slamming on the brakes. You know what? When you see the word therefore, slam on the brakes and go, what's he talking about? Therefore means, what did I just say? Whatever I just said, it has impact of what I'm going to say. What did he just say? He said, you got possessions in heaven that cannot be taken away. Therefore, what does it say? Therefore, do not throw away your confidence. You know, that word confidence is pretty amazing. That word confidence is boldness to live the life, boldness to proclaim the message. Uh Uh-oh, I haven't been doing that yet. Okay, well, that's great. We have time. We've been given time. Do you remember when you first became a Christian? If you're a Christian this morning? Man, when I came out of that water, I was screaming across the river. It was over in Bend and the Deschutes River, and there's condos on the other side. I wanted to make sure they knew what was going on down in the river. He lives! He lives! And I was screaming it out, and I was crying and screaming, he lives! And some of you know that I've been kind of wild and crazy about that all my life. You know, he lives! Depends, I've kind of grown up a little bit. I'm not quite as crazy like that, but I'm intense. Intentional. I know that I may only get one shot with someone. I may never meet Luke again, but Luke is a great student of God's word. I am absolutely sure. I saw it in his eyes this morning. Powerful, right? And so it's important for us then to recognize and realize that we don't have a lot of time. Remember I rolled over in a truck? That would have been the last time I would have had an opportunity to preach a sermon. But the Lord spared me. Praise the Lord. We made some changes. It's important for us to recognize, do we know the day or the hour that the Lord is going to come for you? We don't know the day or the hour that he's coming back. And we surely don't know the day or the hour that we might need him. So it's important that we get this thing right right now. Be bold. Today might be the only day you have left. Be bold. Be intentional. That's what that word means. Do not throw away your confidence. Do not back off because of the the crush that has come and is coming. Because you have a better enduring provision in heaven, do not back down because of the great reward. Take a look with me at 1 John. 
1 John chapter 2 and verse 28. 1 John chapter 2 and verse uh, 28. Notice the old apostle. He says, now little children, abide in him, abide in Christ, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink away from him in shame at his coming. You see, if we're living the life for him, when he comes, we've been waiting for him. Remember, there's two kinds of slaves. One who goes, you know, I haven't seen the master in a while, so I'm going to start beating up on those little punky little slaves that I don't like, and I'm going to stop feeding them, and I'm not going to encourage them. I'm going to shut them down. <laughs> Master's not coming back for a while. It says the master will come back on the day you don't know. It says we're supposed to excel in our love for one another and serve one another all the more, and as you see the day drawing near. Go back to Hebrews and chapter 10, verse 24 and 25. Wow, today is the day to be a great encourager. Thanks, everyone, for writing those great notes out. Let's continue to do that. And if you don't write a note here, send a note uh, in the mail. Send a text. Let people know that you really appreciate them and their great efforts in serving the church. 1 John chapter 2 and verse 28 says it's so important for us that we continue confidently, boldly, intentionally, sharing the love and the life of Jesus Christ with those around us. But I want to now turn to that next, that next verse there in Hebrews and chapter 10. That next verse is so important. It's where I took the, the title of the, of the lesson today. What does it say? It says, for you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. I don't need to be strong. I'm already strong, really. The devil goes, okay, that's good. I'm glad that you think that. So we can't be that way. We have to recognize that all of us need uh, endurance. I looked up that word need, and that word need, I don't know if you want to know what it means. If you look it up, it means it's a requirement. In other words, you can't get into the, the big house unless you have this, endurance. Because you won't make it to the door. You'll give up. It's a requirement. It's a need, endurance. So, okay, what's endurance? Tell me what endurance is. It's to persevere with constancy, to, to set the course, and Jesus set the course for us. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the hope before him endured the cross despite, or for the joy set before him endured the cross despite the shame, and he has sat down at the right hand of the Father. You set the course. Follow Jesus in this life marathon. Don't give up. And I know that in the future for all of us, there's going to come hard times. That's why we need to be encouraging one another now. We need to develop the, the practice of encouraging one another. We need to develop the practice of reaching out to one another. We need to get into the practice of loving one another by helping one another. Get into that practice of the life of Jesus Christ now because then it will become first nature. Now, I love the word so that. Therefore, do not throw away your confidence. There's great reward uh, for you need of endurance so that, so that I have endurance so that something will happen. I will do the will of God. What's the will of God? Have you ever studied the Bible? What the will of God is? There, it's chocked full 
But you know, whatever the scripture calls you to do, whatever the scriptures calls you to be, that's the will of God. That's the will of God. So get into the word and understand what he's calling you to as a Christian. Now, so that after you've done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. So that you'll receive the promise is how it should have been written. What's the promise? Do you know what the promise is if you remain faithful? Turn with me to the scriptures. See if I can find it here. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. If you will remain faithful. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you entirely. And may your spirit and your soul and your body be preserved complete without blame at the coming of our Lord. In other words, on that day, if you've remained faithful, you're going to step into heaven and you're going to be made completely and totally perfect, perfect glory standing in front of King Jesus. Do you remember what it says in chapter, uh, uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 15? It says, I tell you a mystery. In the twinkling of an eye, we shall all be changed. For this mortal will put on immortality. And it goes on and it describes we have victory in Jesus when we walk through. That is why we want to not give up confidence. We want to power through and we want to learn the life of Christ that we might live it. Now the last point, you're saying, whoa, the last point. The last point's pretty quick. It's pretty easy. Take a look. Quoting the Old Testament, for yet in a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one shall live by faith. And if he shrinks back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Well, I have a lot here, but I'm going to make it very short and simple. We need to recognize that we don't know the day or the hour the Lord's going to come back. Could the Lord come back in 2021? Well, of course he could. The word imminent is used in several places about the return of the Lord. Now, imminent for the Lord, it may not necessarily be tomorrow or this year, right? But I do know that 2020 was rather an interesting experience. And it seems like it's spilling over into 2021. Does that seem like that to you? Or am I just, yeah, good. I'm not the only one. I'm not crazy. Well, it's important. It's important for us to recognize that this life is short. You don't know when your last day is going to be. November 25th very well could have been my last day. I'm glad it wasn't. The Lord has spared me for a little bit longer. That means I guess I got more work to do. So be prepared today. Do the great works of God today in your life. Be faithful. You know, if you're faithful, remember those two slaves? I talked about the bad slave. You know what the good slave was doing? Man, the master called me to do this. I'm going to do it. Oh, he asked me to do that too. I'm going to do that too. I'm going to get so busy about doing what the master has called me to do that you know what? He's going to catch me doing what he asked me to do. Isn't that great when your mom or dad catches you doing what they've asked you to do? Man, didn't happen very often in my life when I was a kid, but it was sure nice when it did happen. It's like, man, I got kudos. Woo-hoo. Remember, I got to go to McDonald's one time. 
Well, I know back then as a kid, that was something cool. <laughs> now it's like, thanks, honey, but no thanks. Let's go somewhere else. So the point is, is that the power of getting caught in the act of doing what God wants you to do. I'm glad you're telling me that's how it is. What does he want me to do? I'm glad you asked. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. Get into the word of God. Study it. See what God has called you to do. See what God has called you to be. Because notice what it says at the very end, and I'm closing now at the very end, verse 39. But we are not those who shrink back to destruction, but we are those who have faith to the preserving of the soul. Who are you? As a man or a woman thinks within themselves, so they are. Who are you? Are you a finisher? I remember a coach once telling me, he says, you know, quitters never win and winners never quit. So you get to choose who you are. I love that coach. He's my wrestling coach back in sixth grade. Phenomenal man. He'd won three national titles. And so when he said something, I listened. And so, powerful concept. I am not going to be shrinking back because I'm invested in serving others by serving the Lord. And serving the Lord by serving others. Because remember what Jesus says? I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me a drink. I was hungry and you fed me. I, I was naked and you clothed me. I was in prison and you visited me. And the people were so busy about doing that, they're going to say, but Lord, when? When you did it to the least of one of these brethren of mine, you did it to me. But you remember the other folks, don't you? He's going to ask the same thing. I was hungry and you didn't give me anything to eat. I was thirsty and didn't give me a drink. And they're going to go, what are you talking about, goofball? I don't remember you ever coming around. Well, that's because you were so busy being selfish, getting that big house and that big boat and that big ranch and that big 401k and that trophy wife or trophy husband. I've never heard of a trophy husband before, but my wife has one. Anyway, so <laughs> I hope, I hope. She's smiling. I just hope, okay? So doing all that stuff and you missed eternity. I am going to stand up and look up and be excited when the Lord comes crashing through as he says he's going to do in 2 Thessalonians in chapter 1, verses 6 through 11. Check it out. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 6 through 11. I'm going to be the guy that's looking up and going, wow, look at that glory, and will be transformed in the twinkling of an eye into the same image of glory. But the guy or the gal who hasn't been doing that, man, they're looking for rocks to cover them up, it says in the scriptures. I ain't that guy. As a man or woman thinks within themselves, so they are. Will you use the scriptures to define who you are? Are you a man or woman of faithfulness? Are you a man or woman of constant courage and boldness? Are you a man and woman who is going to finish the race and not let anything shut you down? Not being thrown in prison. Not being made a public spectacle. Not being thrown to the lions. Who knows? They might bring that back as a you know way to get Christians out of here. Who knows? Are you going to stay the course? Only you can choose. Only you can decide. I am going to remain faithful 
so that I might have my soul preserved with him in heaven forever. Let's pray. Lord, I'm really thankful for the, this year's theme. I'm excited as I'll get out, but I'm also scared too, uh, looking at all these passages of scriptures and to see what uh, the brethren of days gone by went through. And Father, and yet we know, Father, that if anyone desires to live godly in Christ Jesus, they're not going to escape unscathed. It says very clearly, you said it, I believe it. Father, give me, give us, your people, the heart to remain steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that our toil, our work in the Lord is not in vain, but will be richly rewarded on that last day when we hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. Thank you, Lord. Amen. All right, let's stand, let's stand and get excited. What did Jesus say to do? Jesus said to go. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited, go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings, king of kings. All right, let's go do it, brethren. Let's go do it. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.